Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people, we're back at it again, and thank you for joining us for another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. This week's show is sponsored by Outdoor Dynamics. Outdoor Dynamics is a remanufacturing company that makes bullets for those who are in competition, training, or just plinking. Their logo is, they pull the handle so you don't have to. So this week's show, once again, is sponsored by the good people from Outdoor Dynamics. Now, another case in point, um, my man John from Outdoor Dynamics sent me a box of bullets. And this weekend, or the past weekend, I shot a competition match at Palmetto Gun Club in Charleston, South Carolina. And I used 100 rounds of the box of bullets that he gave me. So I still have a number of rounds left. So um, they actually held up in the match. So I'm a firm believer that if you order from Outdoor Dynamics, you will not be disappointed. So hit up OutdoorDynamics.net and see what all they have from 40s to nons and the different names, the librarians. Those are the ones I'm going to concentrate on because I'm about to do a little bit of stuff and carry optics. But um, check out Outdoor Dynamics and see what they can do for you. All righty, so here we go. I didn't nag her this weekend because I think she just turned the phone off completely. And I actually got through tonight when I was like, we doing this? And she was like, yeah, why not? So obviously she ain't mad at me no more. <laughs> so <laughs> bringing her on, the co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, the beautiful the one, the lady, Rockstar. What's going on with you there, Rockstar? Oh, you know, it's a, a chilly evening here in Wisconsin. It's a, like a whopping 38 degrees out, and it's kind of snowy-ish, rainy-ish outside, so I feel like winter is, is fully upon me at this point. <laughs> Man, you know, I'm one of those type people. 70 is okay for me. I might walk out of the house with a short sleeve shirt on when it's 70. When it turns 69 degrees, I'm calling it is freezing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm allergic to the cold. I'm allergic to it. <laughs> now, um, one thing before we get into any talking points, did you notice the change at the beginning of the show? The song? Had to change it up a little bit. Oh, yeah, keeping it fresh. I like it. <laughs> yeah, we're going into 2022, so hopefully we can erase 2021. <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead and start off fresh in 2022, so we're going to give everybody a little, you know, preview of what's to come. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need to, like, erase 2020 and 2021, because I feel like yeah. 2021 was just an extension of that. Ugh. Well, look, I got this ink pen up right now. Imagine a little light right there. Where my shade's at? <laughs> <laughs> looking to the light <laughs> that's what we that's what we need <laughs> some men in black action around here with a little memory eraser <laughs> um, another thing that we got going on with the m-w tactical podcast obviously you know you can listen to the podcast on various platforms and you can go to youtube and look at the podcast as well so me and rockstar you know with us talking and the commercial breaks and all that now the addition to this is you can now watch this podcast on spotify i thought that was so amazing when i got that email i was like let's do it so that's part of the reason why we um we changed up the music <laughs> so <laughs> we get we got some new clothes on so we gotta get them new shoes also <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um and also i'm doing a new series on youtube as well whereas um i'm gonna talk about the matches that i do i'm gonna break it down and um everything so um as i stated this match in pgc 
you have to watch the match breakdown what's going to come out thursday because of the fact i'm declaring war on somebody and i don't appreciate the antics that this person done to me but you have to watch the match review to understand what i'm talking about and why i'm so mad right now war is declared but you'll get it when you watch that match review. <laughs> so tell me what's good with you. How was your weekend? And um, how was the work week for you? Because you are busy this time of the year. Yeah, it's been really busy, mainly because I'm taking off the last two weeks of the year. So I've just had a ton of stuff that I'm trying to cram in. And obviously with holidays and Black Friday sales and just all of the things, <clears throat> trying to get everything kind of wrapped up before. Um, the new year starts between budgeting and delivering plans to our executive leadership team, all the things that come with working a corporate America job. Um, but it's been, it's been good. It was very productive last week, but it was crazy. I, I've been shipping out um, one of the parts of my job that I really enjoy as I work a lot with influencers um, on different marketing campaigns. So I get to send out, little packages of things that we want them to talk about from our product line and promote on our behalf. And I had a bunch of stuff to send out last week, which was fun. And it's cool to kind of just talk back and forth with them and hear what they're looking to do for different content ideas. So for video and for photos and what their captions might be and all of that good stuff. So it was really busy because I sent a lot of stuff out the door, but it was also, I'm excited to, um, to see what we get out of it. We had some really good influencers that basically said they wanted to work with us for this campaign. So I'm, I'm excited for for the end product. Last week was crazy, like crazy getting it done, but in, you know, in theory, the end game will be really cool from what they're doing is that the reason why you be avoiding me when i be calling you at work because yes. i'll be trying to get stuff to do and you're like no run the other way, run the other way. i'm busy y'all i will call you after work yeah, i'm just trying to get products so i can talk about you know so i can be busy around here i don't do nothing all day other than practice talk smack to people yeah so my, my week has been good. Um, I've been doing some, you know, this time of the year is when I do all my health checkups. So going into the new year, I want to make sure everything is good. So I'm not stressed out, you know, by the time the summertime comes around, because you already know, like, say, for instance, if you were to get something like um, cancer or some type of health issue that can hold you back in life a little bit, that's going to stress you out, you know, going into the new year. And you might not necessarily need that stress. So normally I wait till like the end of the year to do all my health stuff. So I'm beating myself up now about to do that. So I was doing a lot of scheduling last week. This week is when all this stuff is going to take place. I ain't going to tell you what it is, but <laughs> I'll let you know how it turns out next week when it um, when the show comes out. <laughs> but um, outside of that, like I said, I haven't been doing anything. Um, just, you know, looking at the matches, I want to go ahead and tackle in 2022. And the PGC match was a last minute match for me because of the fact um, with the weather, how the weather is taking place, Palmetto Gun Club in um, Charleston, South Carolina. If it's raining, whatever's going on, it was something with the irrigation. So if it's raining, they don't want the people out there to mess up the ground of you know, however it is with the irrigation. I'm not a landscaper in any type of way, but that was the one thing. And then when I got the word that, you know, hey, the match is on, I was like, I'm in there. So I went ahead and signed up. And then too, because it was for Toys for Tots, I'm all about the kids. So, you know, I was there 100%, but that was a fun match. But once again, Thursday, check out that match review and um, hear what I got to say about that match as well. That's awesome. How did it go? I didn't even hear. I mean, was it, is that like, I'm guessing that's a pretty well attended event just because there is the, the charity behind it. Yeah. Um, here in this area, the one that I done a couple weeks ago in Columbia, I think that's the bigger one because okay. it's a two day event. Right. And the way Miss Linda breaks it down, it's, she runs the toys for tots. Like it's a major match. You know, so you sign up, you get to squad with whoever you want to squad with. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's a lie. 
you sign up, she squads you with whoever, unless you okay. want to squad with somebody specifically. And if you put okay. her in there, she'll squad you up. Um, because what she tries to do is, um, you know, base people off of their shooting experience. So if you're someone who she knows like, okay, you can teach these people, you can train these people and you understand the rules. She tries to match it out. So it's equal across the board. And cool. you don't have like the super squad over here and they're right. like <laughs> sitting there for two hours waiting to do another stage or, you know, and all that. But um, that's the difference between the two. So that's why the one in Columbia is way bigger than any other one around here. Um, but the one in um, Charleston, that was a fun match. Now, I know right. my buddy um, Chance, he did a lot of stage designs there. I think it was him and his brother. But it was a it was a few of them that I was like, okay, this right here is fun. <laughs> Some of them I was just like, I don't know, but it was a lot of leaning on two of the stages. And I was like, somebody gonna break a knee <laughs> taking these leans. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it was a fun match. It was a fun match. So yeah, I had I had a blast at that match. Nice. You know, and um, but I'm looking forward to um the next one next year. So I think the Toys for Tots match is now going to be a battle because I remember last year there was a lot of smack talking about who from like whatever area you from that was the click you claimed. <laughs> you know? So now it's like okay we we gave the most toys we donated the more money <laughs> we drove the further distance you know so, so it, it's, it's a lot of fun when you turn around cool. and when you do it like that. That's awesome. But um you know how we're going to do this. So I got um, three talking points and I want to go ahead and bring up and get your view on it, which one we've already spoken on briefly, but not too in depth. And um, yeah, I want to go ahead and do this after the commercial break, if you're cool with it. All right. So if everybody will, please stay in your seats. If you're in your vehicles, put your sunshades on. Turn the radios up. If it's raining, please slow down. Don't swerve off the road. But we will be right back. And here are a few words from our sponsors. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-WTactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net. 
or we're on Instagram and Facebook with Outdoor.Dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for listening to the commercial break for the sponsors of this show. Um, if you will, go ahead and pay them a visit and let them know that you heard about them from the M-W Tactical Podcast. Now, um, also, I got to give thanks to the people who listen to us from around the world. Maybe it's just because they're locked down in COVID. Maybe they just like listening to politics and firearms. I don't know, but I do appreciate whatever the mix and the flavor is <laughs> that you're here with us. So once again, we do thank you. All right. So now before the commercial break, we actually said there was three talking points we wanted to go ahead and talk about. One of these talking points are, it was a school shooting that took place not too long ago. And as you brought it up to me, the parents are possibly getting charged or have got charged. Now, once again, I didn't do any research on this topic. You know, so I've heard about it. I've seen people post it on Instagram, but I didn't click on anything or watch it on the news or read anything in depth about it. So, um, but let's go ahead and dive into that. What's your take on this whole synopsis of events that's taking place since this school shooting? Yeah, so it's a really interesting story. So it's uh, it involves a 15-year-old boy named Ethan Crumley. Um, and his basically his parents are being charged um, with involuntary manslaughter for so it hasn't happened before They're both being charged with four counts for the mom and the dad. And there's some interesting dynamics at the story. So the, uh, the prosecutor in that county, her name is Karen McDonald, and she is basically trying to, I, I don't actually know um, her, if she has a motive or if she's <clears throat> got like a specific angle that she's going for, but essentially she's trying to hold the parents accountable. So James and Jennifer Crumley, who are Ethan's parents. And there's a couple of things that are really interesting about the, uh, this particular case. So uh, the first one being that about a week, not even a week, it was like three or four days before the school shooting, James Crumley, who's Ethan's father, actually purchased the handgun that was used in the attack. So, I mean, this is just days after this swept rain on this firearm was like, whoa, whoa, like, whoa, this like, this is fast, right? It was just a few days after that all of a sudden there's um, a school shooting using the weapon that was purchased. And that's, it's, it's interesting to, to kind of see that timeline. Um, the other thing was that the handgun was stored in a nightstand. It wasn't locked up. It was easily accessible. There wasn't anyone really keeping an eye on it. It was just in an unlocked space. So um, well, another, there's a couple other things. So one, the, the dad, um, or sorry, not the dad, the son, put a post on social media a few days before the shooting basically saying that he had gotten the new gun so whether or not 
dad purchased the handgun for the son. I am not totally sure, or if it was just, you know, the dad purchased the gun and then Ethan took these photos of it and posted it on social media. Um, that part, I, I don't know. Um, living at home with your parents, I'm sure is <laughs> different than being on your own and, and buying your own stuff. So I, I don't know the backstory on that. Um, but I did think that that was kind of interesting. Another point. So Ethan was in high school, this 15 year old kid, and he had been writing these notes that basically were saying that he was going to cause harm to other students using a handgun. He drew some photo or drew some pictures of um, a handgun, of some bullets, and then of you know, assuming classmates or other kids being injured by the um, by the handgun, and he actually had had written at the bottom of this note, the thoughts won't stop. One teacher saw that and she took photos and she basically told the administration what was going on. <clears throat> so the, uh, the parents actually met with the school officials the morning that this happened about Ethan's actions and how they should pull him out of school, school and take him to counseling and make sure he's okay. Um, but they didn't take him out of school that day. So more or less... The shooting happened. The dad heard about reports that there was a school shooting. He went home and he first thing he did was chasing the handgun that he had purchased was in the nightstand. It wasn't there, and he knew that it was missing. And then that was the um, the gun that was used. So. This is kind of a rare instance. Parents aren't normally charged in a school shooting case. Um, and then there, there's, no, there's no current law in Michigan saying that parents need to keep their firearms secured from their children. So there's not a, you know, there's not a law that's officially on the books here. So it'll be interesting just from a legal standpoint to see kind of how that, how that plays out. But Right now, I mean, Ethan, the, the kid, he's being, he's got a bunch of charges against him and he's being held with without bond currently. So that's kind of the high level scoop of what's going on in the story. Um, and yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of things that kind of stand out to me. So I don't know, where do you want me to start? <laughs> wow, let's, um, let's start off with the charges on Ethan. You said that was his name, right, Ethan? Yeah, Ethan. So he's 15. Um, I don't know. It said he's facing two dozen charges. I don't know what they all are. I'm hmm. guessing well, probably a, having a killing, having a hand, yeah, murder, right. manslaughter. Probably. I don't think you can have a handgun. Um, on school legally <laughs> right yeah that uh, handling it underage yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah. they just they just trumped the charges up on them so um yeah okay, pretty yeah, much so. every law that he could have broken i'm sure he broke <laughs> yeah all right so now from that standpoint all right so they got them um how many people were murdered or did they say um i don't know the only thing i've seen as far as a video of the school shooting i guess it was some student had his cell phone in the class and they heard the shooting okay. or they stood up and they jumped out of a window and ran to another building on the school property or something like yeah. that i've seen that but and it was on somebody's facebook page of course yeah, but it says something along the lines of did they know the shooting was going to happen before it took place? So I don't know if they was trying to insinuate like he was saying it a couple of days prior to the school shooting or if they knew something wasn't right that day and everybody was prepared, you know. Um, right. Now, so it looks like three died. Three people died and eight were injured. Hmm. So 
Wow. So I don't know what it is there, but depending on, let's base it off of your state, wherever you are. All right. If somebody was to get murdered, how much time would they get per person or just for one person and then multiply that by the three? But now you said they're going to charge the parents with manslaughter? Manslaughter. Involuntary. So not voluntary, but involuntary manslaughter. But still, that's going to ruin their life either which way you look at it. Because <laughs> yeah. we already know anytime you go to court behind a firearm, you already know that trial is going to be 100,000 plus. Yeah. You know, um, now let's back it up a little bit. I don't agree with having a firearm in your home, but you don't have the proper means of securing that firearm. I think that's irresponsible on behalf of the parent, knowing that a child was in the house, right? The same thing if you didn't have a child in the house. What if somebody broke into the house or somebody came to visit and they had children, they found it, start playing with it and they got hurt behind it. So I don't know what their financial situation is, but a lot of people don't have the means to get a big safe, you know, um, would a little safe that you can put inside your nightstand been sufficient for this matter? But who's to say that the kid wouldn't have taken that out and somehow broke into it with a screwdriver and a hammer, something like that, you know, a hacksaw or something. But will that be a talking point when they go to court also? Maintaining that firearm in the home because obviously you know what's going to be said. Why'd you buy the firearm? Because crime is on the rise in that area, more than likely. I bought it to protect my family. But now your child ran out and did some harm, you know, to other people with it. It's going to be touchy because this is something that a lot of people always said. If a child does something like this, hold the parents accountable and then of course, the responsibility is going to be taught because as I told you in an earlier conversation, when you were saying like how that kind of shocked you that they was charging the parents. And for me, I'm more like, yeah, that's how I look at it. That's how it should have been. Right. Because it makes sense to me because in the military, that standard is already in place. Mm-hmm. But from the standpoint being, if I'm a military member, and I'm married and I got children, I'm responsible for my family's actions on post and off post, of course. Now, if my family does something unruly against the laws, we're getting kicked off of post, right? That violates the terms for living on post. So you now got to, you know, get a residence off of post, you know? So that's how I kind of related that. You know, so yeah, the child does something, yeah, hold the parents accountable, you know. But now in this instance, listening to everything you said tonight, if we hold the parents accountable for that firearm, are we going to hold the school and the staff responsible for not doing their part for the safety of other people by finding the warning signs? and not reacting to them? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, um, thing to think about because on one hand, they knew, right? The teacher, the teacher reported the incident. She had taken photos of the note. The note was found saying, you know, the note was found with the, the sketches basically showing that he wanted to hurt people with a firearm. He had basically, he asked, he cried out for help. He said, the thoughts won't stop. Please help me. I mean, that's a pretty bold thing to say. So they had, they had that. Now the, the problem is, right? Like, so you had that information. So what do you do with, one, what do you do with it? And two, how quickly can you act on it? right because you need to sort of have this i don't know i mean i feel like there needs to be some sort of discussion and dialogue with the parent and it sounds like they came in pretty quickly they you know they came in 
that the school asked them to pull him out within 48 hours. I would have just taken him out that day. I don't know. I don't know what they did. They didn't say like what they did. Didn't they pull him? You know, maybe just take him out of school for that day. Have a conversation with the administration as far as you know, taking a, a sick day or, or something like that, just to get him out of school and kind of have that conversation and make sure that he is doing okay. But I don't think a lot of that stuff is in place with schools. And I know a lot of schools, if you, you know, if you do skip school, you can pull for it. Um, I don't know what kind of things the school could have put in place or could have, Hmm. you know what I mean like what well, would have had to have already for them to say hey this was an incident that happens we need to make sure that any student that says they're going to hurt people has to stay home for x amount of days and isn't penalized or stuff like that but I, don't, I mean I don't think any of us that exists currently so I'm sitting right here I just happen to open it up and read on this a little bit and what I'm finding was published on December 3rd, and this is um, from the news source of the New York Times. So I know how some people are against the New York Times <laughs> when they report stuff. But this article that I'm reading by Jack Healy states that the father bought the firearm for the son as an early gift, Christmas gift. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they clarified that it was a nine millimeter, six hour handgun. Um, Ethan called it his new beauty. And um, I guess the mom said, um, you know, you're not old enough to have it, but you just got to learn how to use it and not get caught. So <laughs> if all this is true testimony coming out and going to court, uh, that's an easy sealed case right there. So parents yeah. will get charged. Yeah. It's pretty sad. Pretty sad how it goes when we look at what's going on in today's society. But um, I don't know this family. I don't know anything about that area. But I do know when I was younger, my dad talked to me about firearms. and But he started when I was about eight years old. Right. And of course, um, the four firearm safety rules, the golden rules, the universal rules, were not as etched in stone as they are today. But, you know, my father would say stuff to me, you know, like, hey, don't you ever walk out of the house with a firearm and point it at somebody trying to scare them? Because if you do that, they're going to come back, they're going to point a firearm at you. You know, he also stated, like, okay, if I'm not at home, and you happen to see the gun because we didn't have a safe in the house, but I didn't never go pillaging around his room either, <laughs> you know, cause I knew he kept it in his room. I just didn't know where, but um, I never pillaged around his room, but he also stated, if you ever see the firearm in the house, unless you need to use it, don't touch it unless I'm with you. And I tell you to touch it. Okay, cool never touched it because I never seen it either because he didn't like leave it on a kitchen table <laughs> any given time or anything like that now my dad was very responsible he was a very responsible person when it came to firearms and even like what you know going to shoot with him and my uncle all that was always broken down to me but now you also got to remember how it was for us you know growing up you know in the inner city and all that but not one time have I ever picked up a firearm and tried to use it on somebody because you beat me in Jones on other kids. Or I got so mad at another kid playing basketball, I went and got a gun. You know, it wasn't that serious, you know. But the caliber of parents from then to now and the laws associated with how you raise your children, you know, like, is all this stuff by design to box you into a corner to get to where we are today? And where will that go moving forward? Right. You know, so like I said, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> don't fault me for the way I think. <laughs> yeah. But I'm curious to see how this trial is going to go as well, you know, moving forward. Um, because as you stated, this is an interesting dynamic because I've heard of 
little children coming across a firearm, you know, under the age of five, thinking it's a toy and then they hurt themselves or hurt somebody else. And I would think the parents would have got charged with that. I never read anything or heard or seen anything that was like the mom or the dad got charged with that because the child hurt somebody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Did they get a fine? You know, did they get the firearm confiscated from them? Did somebody get arrested? I don't know. But I've heard plenty of stories about that situation taking place. You know, so this right here will be something I go ahead and start looking at a little bit more because I'm interested to see how this is going to play out in the court system as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I just think it's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, Cause there's just a lot of different things at play that I, I don't, I don't know how they're going to, to shake it out in court. So it's, yeah, it's one that I think is worth following. Correct. Yeah. I'm curious to know myself, but let's jump into a quick commercial break and um, come back and let's talk about two more topics. And the two topics I want to go ahead and tackle is the caliber of a firearms trainer. And I got a new firearm. So let's go ahead and um, let's dive into this quick, quick commercial break and um, let the sponsors pay some of these bills we got. So everybody will please stay in your seats. And here are a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer bolt-on shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, 
feel free to reach out to us at outdoordynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with outdoor.dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for coming back after that commercial break. Um, we just had an interesting conversation, in my opinion, in regards to that school shooting that's taking place not too long ago and finding out that the parents might get charged or have been charged with that firearm that the child used at the school shooting. So, um, you know, prayers to the families and that lost, you know, their child at that school. And also her that it was a football student that tackled somebody or something like that? Or was that a different school shooting? Or am I getting two stories mixed up? I'm lost. I think that was the same kid. The kid who tackled, I think he died. The kid that like stopped him. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's sad. Well, you know, like I said, yeah, um, but I don't... regardless of the age, there is always an act of heroism amongst all of us. Yeah. You know, so um, if that was the situation, like I said, I'm going to dive into it a little bit more and I'll clarify what I found next week in next week's show. But um, that's still sad to hear that this tragedy is taking place, you know, in our system of how we live and how we are allowing this to take place. You know, taking guns away ain't going to correct it. <laughs> that's the first thing. It ain't going to stop it. You know, so it's sad. It's still sad. But um, let's, you know, retouch on that either next week or the week after. But let's move on to, um, I want to talk with you about the caliber of trainers out here. You know, so um, I'm a big advocate of always saying on social media, if you go get firearms training, make sure it's from a reputable firearms instructor. All right. So our buddy, you know, my buddy, because, you know, I'm actually called Troll Patrol on Kevin Dixie because I will troll the mess out of him when he started getting smart with me, <laughs> you know. And um, when he and I was talking, and this was at one event when we was at either SHOT Show or NRA Show, and however the conversation went, his reply to me was, that person was in the military. And I stated to him, hey, the military is just like the civilian sector. You have some people who are pencil pushers. You have some people who are medical. You have some people who are food services. And then you have some people in the supply chain. And you just have a bunch of jobs in the military. You know, depending on what branch you go into, it might be more jobs or less jobs. But the military is the military because, you know, all the forces, you know, work together. Now, as I expressed to him, depending on your MOS, it's going to determine how often you go to the range. So by me being infantry, man, it seemed like we went to the range every week, practically. We wasn't in the field. We was at the range. So there was no questions about infantry, you know, getting the firearms training, at least the units that I were in, well, I was in. Now somebody who always claims hey i was in the military that doesn't necessarily mean they know what they're doing with that firearm and this was a conversation i had with um sled here in south carolina which sled stands for the south carolina law enforcement division and when you get your cwp it falls under that division and i had a, a conversation with some of the people who actually push stuff through sled and the one thing I didn't agree with was um, being in the military, the way it's worded is you don't have to sit through the class. You just pay your money and you can just do the shooting portion and then you get a CWP in the mail, which I didn't agree with because as I stated, if this person doesn't know how to shoot or handle this firearm, they are endangering everybody now, not just themselves, <laughs> you know? And it was a few more things we talked about that I'm not going to bring up in this discussion. But I just wanted to get your take on the caliber of a firearm instructor. If you were to get somebody or look for somebody who was an instructor, 
what is the criteria that you look for outside of them just saying, hey, I'm an instructor? Yeah, I think like finding what their credentials are. I mean, who did they get their training through? Are they licensed through anyone? What insurance are they carrying? How long have they been training and for? Um, I'd probably ask for recommendations, like other people that they have approached along the way. Um, and also just somebody that I'd want to work with because there's obviously different kinds of instructors out there. So like, I'm not a competition shooter, so I wouldn't necessarily want to be training with somebody who was helping you, you know, helping you get better for a, a match or a competition. I'd probably want to train with someone who is more focused on self-defense, home defense in that ballpark, right? Um, trying to think of like what other things I would want in someone and yeah, I guess really just making sure that they're legit I mean now you can pretty much look up everybody on the internet on their website see who they work with what's their social media story what are they what kind of content are they posting so there's obviously people who I know that I have trained with that I would train with again that I do trust because I have physically been out there learning things with them right so um i think having done that and even before i kind of got connected into this group of people that i that i shoot with now and that are that are friends and, and associates the uh, one of the first gentlemen that joined me a couple of years ago i mean he was He's very well trained. He's former military. He's, you know, in his 50s, he's been training basically since the military. He's very um, professional. He's very just, I don't know, I mean, just like he, by the book and really just sort of went through the fundamentals and the basics and the safety components and, you know, what to do if you ever got in a situation where you would have to use your firearm and what kind of insurance you should carry. So there was just a lot of things that he kind of laid out right off the bat that I was like, yeah, this guy, and like, even before we trained together, he sent me links to people that he had trained with and their credentials and, um, you know, just kind of like got his backstory. So that was like a big, kind of when I was vetting him to see if it was someone that I wanted to train with, there's just a lot of, I guess, questions that I had, but he really did, really did a good job of answering those and just making me feel comfortable that, you know, we could train. And we you know, I went to a range where like, he's like, oh no, we're, gonna, we're going to shoot at this range and this stuff. So it was just like, I, I just felt very comfortable through the whole process. So that was, that was big for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, don't ever be afraid to just ask, ask other people ask other people in your circle or it's pretty easy to find on you know on social media if you go to someone's instagram page like look at their followers and ask their followers if they know this person if they've worked with this person if they've been to the range with this person so there's obviously like there's a lot of stuff you have to do on your end to do due diligence but don't be afraid to ask those questions and and really kind of be um, you know, be protecting yourself as well. Right. Now, um, I know for me, shooting competition, the only reason I shoot competition, for one, it is addictive to me, at least. It is challenging, and it is something that is close to what I was doing in the military. You know, not the competition standpoint, but uh, the training aspect of it. And some people do look at competition and train um, shooting as training for a possible real world situation. Now, the one thing I don't agree with, with a lot of instructors, they do a fabulous job instructing on the range, but they don't break it down to the real life situation, right? Because hey, yes, you hit the mark. You know, I told you to aim at that dot on the target. You hit the dot, the dot, or well, you was close, but now we're just going to work to get you there. A little bit closer i mean you know when you first start that's one thing but now if we're talking self-defense and everything okay you got to remember you have to come up with something that's going to induce some form of stress once the person actually understands handling the firearm they can actually physically think keep it in the safe direction and everything 
if an attack happens on you, you're not going to be standing in one spot. That's why you always hear people say, get off of the X. This is why I'm a firm believer in training with other instructors. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even when I shoot competition, um, there's a group of guys that I specifically like to shoot with, right? Just like majority of everybody else who shoots competition. And the group that I like to shoot with is called the taco squad, right? Because of the fact after we finish shooting a match, we normally go to a Mexican restaurant and everybody pretty much gets some form of a taco, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. This, this is a real thing, but I love it. yeah. So I, I caught myself <laughs> getting complacent with the guys. And it's the same thing, like I caught myself in jujitsu. So when I would go to jujitsu, I'm always training with the same people. I'm not necessarily learning the techniques, but I'm learning how to beat somebody because of everybody has their favorite move or, you know, they might be stronger in one thing. So I need to keep them away from sweeping my legs and all this and that. So the same thing with shooting. And I've always said, hey, I want to start shooting with other people because I feel I shoot better if it's I'm going I'm on a squad with somebody who I don't know but if I'm with somebody who I'm shooting with all the time I might get a little complacent you know so um and every now and then you know I venture out but then I always come back and then I venture back out again you know so that's what I like to do with training as well you know so even though I shoot competition every weekend Okay, if, even if I'm talking to somebody, I might forget something or something, I might overlook something or took it for granted that you should have known that you possibly did not know. You know yeah. so, um, but that's why I like to go to at least four different people every year, you know, just to get a, a refresher, you know, and certain people that I do know. <laughs> Like for instance, and this was a friend of mine. So I had a instructor come to this area to give a class. And this person today is calling himself an instructor. He's on social media, all this and that. And this is the comment he made to me that, hey, when you go to that class, I want you to come back and teach me what they um, taught you in that class. And I'm sitting there like, dude, I want you to replay that to somebody else and really hear how that sounds, right? Really think about what you're saying right there, right? Um, what I get out of a class might not be what you get out of a class. So I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me, you know? So this, I mean, this is the same person I've been talking with years over years about different things within shooting. And I believe he has the ability to become a great instructor. I just think he's just not investing in himself, right? But I can say the same thing day in, day out. And I think it just goes over the head. But if somebody else wants to say the same thing to him, I think it would hit home a little bit harder. So, um, and I think that's another thing that a lot of instructors have to do is invest in themselves. Because since this pandemic happened, I can tell you around here in Columbia, South Carolina, there was an influx of firearm instructors popping up, you know? Um, I had somebody call me because like, for instance, you take the CWP course here in South Carolina, it has to be at least six hours. This was a couple phone calls, not just one phone call. This was a couple phone calls. How long is your class? Right. And I tell them, hey, by South Carolina law, it has to be at least six hours. It could go over because there is a lot of information that they require you to know. Uh, so you're not doing nothing like two hours, you know, hour and a half. Dude, you're not going to even scratch the surface <laughs> with an hour of training with the South Carolina criteria. All right, I'll call you back. Hang up. That was like the last call. That was the call that stood out the most to me. So I was like, there's an instructor out here doing that, obviously for the money, but you got to really understand, like, you're teaching something that somebody's life is going to be altered if they do use that tool in a moment of self-defense. 
Because if you say the wrong thing and well, my instructor said, I guess the officer gonna be like, well, the law is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So yeah, so you, you like pretty much screwed yourself. So you have to invest in yourself and the payout is gonna come back. So whatever you give, you're gonna get back. It's just a matter of how you generate it, you know? So invest in yourself if you're looking to become an instructor. And um, don't hustle people. Be honest with people. If you don't know, just say, hey, I don't know, but let's let's research this, you know, answer together so I can get educated. I mean, I've done that plenty of times. Somebody hit me with a question. I'd be like, uh, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a lawyer either, but I don't know all the laws here in South Carolina. So let's, let's do the research together. I'll make a phone call or we'll look it up and try to decipher if I can't figure it out. I got a lawyer buddy. I'll hit him up, ask a question or two, and he'll break it down and be like, okay, that makes sense. And then, you know, we go back and we talk about it and we're learning together. Right? I'm not too prideful to do anything like that, <laughs> but I tell people, hey, look, I'm human just like you human. You know, I wake up, my knees hurt. I put my pants on the same way you do, one leg at a time, unless I roll back on the bed and do both legs at the same time. <laughs> you know, but um, but like I said, it's just everybody has their criteria, but I think a lot of new people who are getting into firearm training, a lot of people were misled. Um, I've came across a lot of people, whereas like one female didn't even know how to put the magazine in her firearm. Didn't know how to load bullets into the magazine. And she stated, oh, like the instructor just said, um, just do this and this and you'll be good. Which was just pay the money, sign right here, and then go to the range. He did all the work. She couldn't even pull the trigger. You know? And then um, what about a student that comes to you and they're very fashion conscious? How do you actually tell them without offending them? Hey, you got to clip um, your fingernails, you know, or what about the, the guys that come to the class, you know, the pants too tight. They can't stretch the legs out if they got to run, <laughs> you know, your boots untied. If you're wearing any form of a boot and the boot just flopping around on your foot, if you have to get away, right. Um, you know, just kind of waking people up a little bit to the situation. And I just think a lot of instructors are not taking the tone of being an instructor serious right because the impact that can come forth from telling somebody the wrong information now they're jacked up of course you're going to be called to court <laughs> also especially if that person did some form of a shooting if you was an instructor you know so but um have you ever put any thought or desire into be possibly becoming an instructor so if I do, I actually have like a, a side coaching business for marketing. Um, that's like my real passion. Um, I like teaching people how to make money and take control of their lives. So I would, I would actually love to be like a consultant for people who want to be firearms instructors and help them put together, hey, here's how you create a funnel. Here's how you create a website. Here's how you create your social media presence. Here's how you, here's the people that you should get in touch with if you need to get insured. All these things. Like that's like where my passion would be. Mm -hmm. I have, mm, I, I don't know. I mean, could I be a firearms instructor? Maybe. I feel like I'd be good. I don't know pretty patient person and I used to I coached soccer when I was younger and I taught some lessons for like seven years so like I've definitely taught in the past but um I would rather be on the marketing side running that kind of business than an actual um instructor business if that makes sense I think a lot of females uh, personally I think a female will be a better instructor over a male now, not taking anything away from the male, because you have a lot of guys out there who have patience, who have the ability to talk and break things down. But I just think a female just naturally has that ability. You yeah. Know, like they, they just think about it totally from a different angle than a man does, because we already know a lot of times a man let his ego comes into place. You know, whereas um, they'll say something like, oh, I used to be in the police force. Or, you know, I did this in the military, you know, okay, but let's talk about today. <laughs> talk about today, <laughs> where, you know, a female doesn't do that. Whereas, 
you know, like I've heard um, Jarrah say this one time to somebody like, okay, I understand um, your history, but let's learn a new way of teaching this. Yeah. Right. And pretty much what she just told the guy, like, look, man, shelf that outdated information, but let's talk about it right now. It's still going to be the same thing, but let's renew some things because some things yeah. might have changed from the technology of the tool, you know? Right. Um, and I thought that was, um, I gave her kudos for that. Not, you know, to her face, like clapping, like, yeah, yeah you did a great job, you know? But when I heard that, I was just like, man, she handled that like a champ. Whereas, you know, like a lot of times yeah. people say stuff like that, they expect you to back off of them. Like, okay, well, you, you're a little bit more experienced than I am. So you have a great day. You know, so I, I don't do that. Like somebody says something to me, I'll just look at them and be like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I'll tell them straight up, like, man, you know what? I overlooked that as much as I do shooting. You know, I, man, I just took a lot of stuff for granted now that because I do it all the time, you know? And sometimes you just need that. Yeah. You know, somebody to hit the brakes and throw it in reverse a little bit so you can continue to drive forward. You know? So oh, for um, sure. Yeah. So I just want um to get that message out. The caliber of the trainers that's out here, if you're not already doing it, invest in yourself. It the payout will be better than what you think it would be. Right. And it ain't necessarily just getting a certificate to say you can instruct, you know, um, give some instructions to friends, you know, a complete stranger, you know, for instance, I got a new camera. I just walk up to somebody and be like, yeah, man, you mind if I record your car or let me record you, <laughs> you know, I got this idea in my mind. I just want to get it out of my head. All right. Just play around with it. You know, worst they can tell you is no. You know, but no, never hurt nobody either. Yeah. You know, that's how I look at it. Yeah. And, um, you know, not to beat that topic up anymore, but um, the last thing I want to talk about is I was walking around the house singing the Jay-Z or the Nas version, depending on which was your favorite song when they had that beef, you know, uh-oh. I got myself a gun. <laughs> so I ended up getting a new firearm, right? So my buddy, Taryn, Tuck, or Taryn Butler um, from Taryn Tactical sent me Glock 35. I don't want to show it on camera because um, I know on YouTube, you can get away with that. I don't know about Spotify, so I'm just going to reserve that, but Stay tuned for next week. There will be uh, pictures and possibly a product review video coming out about this Glock 35 as well. Now, I haven't shot it yet. I haven't shot it yet. So I got it, but I've been so busy, you know, ripping and running. I'm still playing catch up. <laughs> so, but like I said, I got a new gun. And um, if you will, you can go on to American Gun Chicks page. Whereas I was at the range with her when she got her Glock. I don't know which model it was. And I think I just lost it. You there? You there? Okay, it just lost your screen. All right. Yeah. yeah, I can hear you. I can still hear you. There you go. There you go. So American Gun Chick, she, when she got her um, Glock, I don't know what model it was because i don't understand glock's numbers but then again i never really studied glocks like that either so only reason i know mine is the 35 because the way i look at it plus five give me 40 <laughs> that's how i know it's a you know a 40 caliber so um but when she got hers hers was a nine millimeter and she actually had the red dot on it and we went to the range and we shot it so if you go to american gun chicks youtube page and look up that video and you'll see me on that video talking about that firearm with her, the one that she has. So I'm going to actually do one here in the next week or so and put that one out as well. Nice. Yeah. So a little early Christmas present and uh, made me smile, <laughs> but I think it's beautiful though. It's beautiful though. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even a Glock fan, but I did have to call my buddy. Well, I didn't call him. I text him. And I owed him 
because when I was in the military, my buddy, who I call Sandbag, his name is Jason. I'm not going to say his last name because I don't, he didn't give me permission to do all this online. I told him in conversation, man, I would never own a Glock. I would never go out and buy a Glock. <laughs> Look what happened. I ended up getting a Glock. So I was like, I'm a man of my word. So I actually ended up sending him a text and was like, yo, dude, I owe you $5. <laughs> he wrote me back like, you don't owe me no money. What's going on? Like that. And I was like, sent the picture. He's like, oh, man, if you don't want that, go ahead and send that my way. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm keeping this. <laughs> <laughs> so um so my man sandbag i had to give him gotta give him five dollars next time i see him so but that's everything that's going on with me so you know like i said um changed up a few things you know with the show the music of course coming into it and um doing another series doing the match review series so i'm finding that pretty interesting and then outside of that um just waiting on 2022 to get here so we can actually start off a new year and hopefully it's better for the new year overall yes all right so um if everybody will if this is your first time listening to the m-w tactical podcast head on over to youtube facebook twitter and tiktok Give us a follow, like, subscribe, hit the bell, everything else so you can stay informed of what we have going on. So once again, if you're on YouTube and Facebook, look, you know, look me up at M-W Tactical. And if you have Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest, do a look up for at M underscore W Tactical. And then you can find all the social media platforms that we just talked about by also visiting www.m-wtactical.com and everything is linked together as well. You know, so of course, if you want to go ahead and follow the lovely rock star, you can do so by. Find me on Instagram at rockstarburst, B-E-R-S-T. That is my preferred platform um i'm on there the most i'm pretty active on my messaging so i don't post a lot on my actual feed but i post a lot of stories and i have a whole little slew of internet friends that i connect with on a pretty regular basis so feel free to find me on there that's it right there so um until next week come on back and we will continue having more interesting conversations and then next week, you might actually hear me actually say the person who I'm declaring war on, because I'm not going to tolerate the antics that was taking place this weekend that happened at Palmetto Guns Club in Charleston, South Carolina. So either wait till Thursday or hear what I got to say next week on next week's um, podcast. But until then, everyone keep shooting, keep practicing and have fun. Y'all take care now. <laughs>